No success in the world can compensate for failure in the home. That's why Club Wealth was founded, to help driven, successful, and busy real estate agents like you double their business while building a strong, balanced home life. Join us each week as high-producing agents and team leaders share their stories and unpack the principles and systems they've used to double, triple, and even quadruple their business while enjoying greater quality of life. And now, here's the latest episode of Club Wealth TV. We are live. Good morning, everybody. Michael Hellickson here with Club Wealth Coaching and Consulting. Super excited to be on Club Wealth TV with my co-host, Mr. Brian, the man, the Benton, the Oracle of Bentonville himself, uh, Curtis. And uh, Brian, as you guys know, is one of the Club Wealth coaches. And uh, Brian is a fantastic individual who literally uh, does over 300 transactions a year in the hustle and bustle and metropolis of Bentonville, which is awesome because there's only 340 houses there. So apparently he sells most of the houses more than once a year. So that being said, super excited to have Brian with us. We've also got today with us, Mr. I should say, Coach Marine U, who's also a club health coach and a former police officer. Uh, and uh, so boy, this guy kicks butt and takes names in all kinds of different ways. And today he's going to be teaching us and we're going to be chatting about building and boosting your online lead generation sources, which for those of you who are already doing online leads know how important it is. If you're not already doing online leads, you need to be. It's really, really important that we be diversifying our lead generation across multiple platforms, multiple sources, uh, both online and offline. Uh, and so today we're just going to talk about online and how to boost that. So Maureen, welcome to Club Wealth TV. Appreciate you being here. Yeah, I'm really glad you took your time out of your day to do this. Before we get started, I, I just need to put a shout out uh, to our sponsor really quick, which is WiseHire. And I got to say, with WiseHire, it's very, what's really cool about WiseHire is literally this last, uh, this last week, we did a, uh, what do you call it? We did a, a, an ad out on WiseHire for several different positions on our team. And we literally had, we had 60 applicants come back. We ended up with 40 people that came out to a, a live group interview. It was chaos. It was awesome. The energy level was high. People really wanted to be on the team. And uh, anyway, I just want to thank WiseHire for making that possible. And uh, we freaking love those guys. So that being said, Marine, you talk to us. How are you, brother? Good. How are you, sir? I am Thanks again fantastic. Yesterday. I appreciate it a lot. Dude, you know what? Do, do me a favor. Can you, let's talk about yesterday for just a second, because I want to talk about the power of a third party having conversation yes. with a team. Can you, can we talk about that? Yeah, of course. So for everybody out there, I run about uh, 16 buyer agents with admin staff. And, you know, I've delivered the same message over and over again for the past year and a half. You know, more calls, more accountability, make more calls, you make more money. And they know, theoretically, intellectually, they know that it's probably true. But then one call from Mike Hellickson on our daily huddle, and they were, I could actually feel the enrapture um, through the phone lines. I mean, it was silent. They're hanging on every single word. And obviously he's done this a lot, so it's a lot. Of, and they're so sick of my voice at this point. But he did the same thing and he showed examples. Hey, you guys are definitely one of the lower numbers in terms of calls per day. You know, most teams have X amount and it's already made a huge difference. Even we're having the team meeting, I just finished it up. It was fantastic. 
So the reason I bring that up, and Brian, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this too, but the reason I bring that up is it has nothing to do with me being on the call. It has everything to do with somebody that has some expertise being on the call that is from somewhere else and that's someone that they don't hear from every day. Does that make sense? Yes, and I 100% agree with that. All too often, um, here I'll tell my favorite story that that happened on. So I had an administrator, honestly, the person who's literally worked for me the longest. And for a year and a half, I said, get two monitors. It's so much more efficient. It's so much more effective. You should do it. And after a while, she's like, nope. And I, so I just gave up. I was like, well, I'm not going to, this is not a, the hill I'm going to die on. And uh, she got on the admin call and she said, he, she said, hey, I want a second monitor. And I said, I'm happy to get you one, but tell me why. Because she said, well, they said it was really important on the admin call. And I was like, all right. <laughs> so, but it's true. It's just sometimes, and, and partially it's the, the you know, note you can't be a prophet in your own backyard. That's part of it. But also people resonate with different things. You know, yeah. I could say something to somebody on Marines team and they go, well, that's dumb. And then Michael could say the same exact thing in some tiny tweak and they go, oh, yeah, that's brilliant. We have to do that. So, um, you know, it's a really great opportunity to leverage other people to help you because it and here's the thing. It's, it's not even like I, I almost guarantee you that, that Michael said nothing different. He just maybe said it in a different way, or maybe they just listen because they get sick of hearing our voice. So yeah. I agree. I think it's really important that we look at that for our teams, because here's the thing. I think we're doing our teams a disservice if it's just us all the time. I think it's important. And that's why it's funny because, you know, we were talking on your call uh, yesterday, Maureen, about the importance of being on the buyer agent calls and being on the administrative team member calls and being in the masterminds and all that stuff. And why is that? Because we all need our buckets filled and we get our buckets filled in different ways from different people at different times. And those environments are designed to help us grow and designed to help us be more motivated and move forward. And guess what? It works. Sometimes I don't even know why it works, but it does. So who cares why it works? Just do it. It's going to be amazing when they hear the same advice, except from a different person on those calls. They're like, oh, yeah, I heard some great stuff, coach. And that's what happens all the time. All the time. So. Well, good stuff. Well, Maureen, talk to us about boosting your online leads. Like this is this is a hugely important topic, especially right now where there's so many changes happening with the portals, with Realtor.com and Zillow and all this. Talk to us about this topic. Sure. Um, Reader's Digest background. So we were one of the first in Wisconsin to actually go into Zillow in 2006. Um, so we have a little bit of a decent base to talk about this. Um, so our realtors. So right now, the main ones that we're dealing with right now for online leads are Realtor, Zillow, and OpCity, of course. Um, we get a little bit of Trulia, but obviously they're owned by one of those companies. Um, so I know there are changes with OpCity, and we, those have been discussed ad nauseum um, on a lot of forums where it's a large fee. I get a large referral fee. Yep, it's technically owned um, by everybody, apparently, um, for two years. Um, but for us, we're approaching at business as usual. Um, we're using them. Those are still great leads on those. But the thing with OpCity, um, if you want to go on a tangent for about a minute, is you have to build a foundation and base on that. So my guess, and this is going to be my guess, people are going to join OpCity for the next year or so. I think they're going to start signing up on it saying, oh, this is a great lead platform, but they're not going to have the follow-up or the foundation built to make it really work for them. So you're going to see a huge spike, I believe. And for those listening in and watching, 
if you're the ones that keep on it and keep the campaign and keep following up, it's still gonna, it's going to pay off really well for you. And I think in about one year right now, I think it's going to flood. Uh, but the people who don't have follow up are going to definitely fail. I'm open to disagreement on this for sure, because it's still a pretty new animal in real estate right now. It's only a couple months old. Yeah, I'll completely share on that. So, you know, the choice of whether to do OpCity or not, I don't think that's the purpose of this call. So I'm not going to go into whether it's a good idea or a bad idea. But let's just assume for the sake of argument that you're going to do it. And if you're going to do it, do it at a high level. And I think that that's just a good rule of, of real estate. It's a good rule of business, good rule of life. So, you know, it, like we, I was talking to somebody about Chicago. I don't know. There's like 35,000 agents in Chicago. So if 35,000 agents sign up for OpCity and then one lead comes out, are 35,000 people going to get it? At some point in time, OpCity is going to have to take that thing and narrow it down because ultimately if I close at 5% and Marine closes at 12%, then they're going to want to send them the lease to Marine and not to me. At the end of the day, Op City only makes money when you close. So if you do a crappy job, you don't follow up, you don't update the system, then they're just going to pick somebody else. And I think that's the real key: either be in or be out. And you know, there's some negative sides to being in Op City, especially for brokers, where they have to you know pay a referral fee no matter what. Um, it gets a little sticky. So if you're going to be in, make sure you're maximizing it because there's some negative sides to it as well. So. Agreed. Yeah. And at the end of the day, here's the thing. They're running a business, right? Like anybody else. And all of the lead sources that are paid on a referral fee basis, guess what? They're all running a business and they're all going to want to work with the people that are getting them the highest ROI on each of their leads. I don't care if it's Op City or, uh, or any of the other, you know, 20 or 30 different referral fee based source uh, lead generation sources that we use. Uh, that being said, to Marine's point, you got to get really dialed in on your follow-up and your conversion, right? I mean, that's the key. Getting the lead, that's the easy part. But let's talk first about boosting the leads. How do we get more leads, Marine? Sure. So I understand there's different budgets. Okay, I totally get that part. So the referral ones are the easy first pickings. Um, we talk about them quite a bit. Um, there's, I think, at least six out there. Um, you got the popular ones like Homelite, um, Estately, Agent Pronto, mm -hmm. and such. I would go after those first. Um, and again, you have to develop the foundation on that. When I first signed up for that, I got those cheap five-figure homes um, that were two hours away from my house and I had to close them. But now I'm finally getting my first, I got my first ever million dollar referral. Um, uh, and this was, you know, about a year and a half of building out for it, two years. Um, the big thing with those, if you do end up going with it, is it is free, there is a referral fee, it depends on the price point of the house, and also depends on, in terms of like lead flow, how well you follow up and how well you update. These guys are entrusting you with, you know, however they funnel these leads and provide these leads for you, they're entrusting you with it and hoping you convert. Um, so that'd be the first step. I don't know if you guys have any um, thoughts on that. Well, I just piggyback exactly what you're saying, um, you know, Step one, get the leads. And I love what you said that you took a bunch of crappy leads. And so did I. I mean, and one of the things that I think a lot of people, we all remember REO, but I don't know how many people participated in it as far as you know being a listing agent, but this is the same product. It's just in a different package. 
And I think that that's the thing that people have really missed. Um, at our mastermind at uh, Listing Agent Bootcamp, um, I can't I think it was Tammy Edwards was talking about one of the lead sources, and I can't remember which one it was, and it doesn't really matter. But what she said is, heck, they met their asset manager. And it's, we're not calling them asset managers, but that's what they are. They're a person whose paycheck depends on how well I perform, how well Marine performs. And that person, that's where the money's at for them. If you have a high close rate, they're going to continue to send you stuff. So, you know, again, I would treat this like it's a continual lead source and not like it's, oh, it's another lead. And I'm going to guess that the majority of people in real estate are going to go, oh, it's just another lead. And they're going to do what Maureen didn't do. This is a crappy lead. I don't want it. And, and I don't want a $50,000 lead in the, in the boonies either. But at the end of the day, you close the $50,000 lead in the boonies. And what do you get? Apparently, you get a million dollar lead. And I think that's a really, really important lesson for people to understand. Sure. And I want to, sorry, go ahead. But I was going to say, you got to be willing to take the garbage, man. Be the one that's willing to take the stuff nobody else wants. I went, I remember when I got into First American Title, uh, I'm sorry, was it first? Yeah, it was First American. That's right. Uh, it was in Denver, Colorado. And I went to their office over and over and over again, literally for eight months in a row, I went to their office before they would literally even let me in the door. Finally, in month nine, they let me in the door by month 10. And, and, and I literally kept going back. I got on a plane from Seattle, flew there and visited them. Now, I visited some other companies in the same area at the same time, but I kept going back. I kept going back. Then when they finally gave me that back, because they already had REO agents in my market, they didn't need anybody else. They didn't want anybody else. They weren't accepting anybody else. But you know what? I kept at it. I persisted and persisted and persisted in a very friendly way. So I was pleasantly persistent over and over and over again. And guess what happened? Finally, they gave me a crappy asset. And I told them, I said, give me your junk. Give me the stuff nobody else can sell. Give me the stuff that you're having the hardest time with. Let me handle it. And I did it. And I did a great job for them. I, I over communicated. I took great care of the property, did everything they wanted and more, got it sold. And guess what? They made me their guy in Seattle. And I started getting a bunch of stuff from them over time, made a ton of money. All these referral uh, fee-based lead sources, they are exactly like asset management companies. You have to treat the people there exactly like you would treat an asset manager. They're, all they are is an institutional seller. That's how you need to look at this. doesn't matter if it's a bank. doesn't matter if it's a hedge fund. doesn't matter if it's a referral fee-based lead source. They are institutional sellers, and that's how we need to look at them. And let me tell you something. When you start looking at it with those goggles on, all of a sudden you treat them differently and you have great success and it's very lucrative because now you've taken a lot of the emotion out of the equation, right? With most other lead sources, it's a very emotional transaction. You've got people involved. Whereas when you're dealing with these referral fee based sources, you can on the front end, when it comes to the lead generation side, take a lot of that emotion out of it, take a lot of competition out of it. By, and, and now you can really run your business like a business and it can be very predictable and duplicatable. And that's what we're after. Marine, keep going. Yeah, no problem. Just two two things about this, I, and I've seen this on a bunch of forums online. Uh, the mindset wise, people are, oh my gosh, I could never pay a thirty percent referral fee. I could never pay twenty five percent referral fee. They'll even do that with agents who want to do a referral. I saw one guy say, "Hey, I'm going to give a fifty percent referral fee to somebody who wants to take this client." People are up in arms. Number one, treat it. Yeah, it's a two hundred thousand dollar home, and you need to do a twenty five percent referral fee. Fine, it's more like a hundred fifty thousand dollar home. You're helping somebody buy. Treat it that way, your mindset wise. Number one, it's still a free lead. And number two, that client is now yours after you close them. 
the rule of thumb is you're trying to get one referral at least from every client that you are closing, maybe two. So to be stuck in the weeds over 20% is just ridiculous. So just kind of keep that as you're going through. So that's my two cents on that part. Yeah, and I, I piggyback that again, 100%. So, you know, are you in the business for six months or a year? Or are you in the business for 15 to 20 years? I mean, I'm going to guess that Marine and I are going to be around for a while. At least. All things being equal, I'll knock on some wood. But, you know, what's the value of a lifetime client? And, you know, I'm pleased. I'm not suggesting that we do this. But the truth of the matter is, if I was just being honest, there's times where I'd list houses for free. Why? Because I'm getting buyer leads, because I'm going to get a lifetime client. And again, not advocating that. But my point is, is that we get so caught up in what we're worth is we do that. You know, um, it's kind of the same way when people won't show somebody a house if they're not pre-qualified. Well, I live in a world where there's lots of vendors who service Walmart. Because somebody calls me up and say, I work for Procter Gamble. You know, what do you do for a living? I work for Procter Gamble. And I know that guy makes 300 grand a year. And I'm not going to harass him whether he's pre-qualified or not. You know, we've got to stop being so important and start providing service and service and service. Eric Eby on my team said this one time, there was a lead source we had. And I said, Eric, it's not going real well. Should we keep going to that lead source? And he said, Brian, I'm having real estate conversations. And I was like, you know what? Thank you. You know, sometimes we learn from our team as well. And that's what Eric taught me in that moment. It's like, stop trying to be perfect. We're having real estate conversations. It's moving our business in a forward direction. And, you know, these referral sources, people ask me like, well, I only got one or two deals from them last year. Great. Get 25 of those that you're going to do one or two deals from every year. And all of a sudden I got an extra 50 deals and, you know, don't give up, you know, and here's another thing. And I think Breen, you can talk to this. What happens over time with these referral sources, effective agents, um, Upnest, uh, Homelight? Have you seen as you've done more and more that it's kind of like a snowball effect? That's what I've seen. So I don't know. Where you're Before you answer that question, Maureen, I want to I want to ask a question to the audience and then I want you to answer that question. So audience, if you would do me a favor, I want you guys all to type in right now. If you will, you know, how much will you pay? How much are you willing to pay in terms of a percentage of the sales price? How much are you willing to pay in a referral fee and what market do you serve? I'm asking this for multiple reasons, uh, but I'm curious for everybody watching this right now, type it into the, into the, uh, the, the comments and into the post here. How much will you pay as a referral fee and what market are you in? Maureen, go ahead. Um, sorry for the question. So yeah, um, foundation, sorry, the snowball effect. Yes. Uh, definitely depends on the season, at least in Wisconsin in some cases, but there are some times that, um, it'll go hot and cold for some of them. So that's why it's good to have multiple sources. Um, both of you keep talking about having 20 to 25 different sources. Um, so these referral-based ones, sometimes home light is fantastic. Sometimes it's stately. Right now, stately is drowning me right now. And home light is ignoring me. I don't know why. Um, but yeah, it does snowball. And that's because we've sent them their money <laughs> every single time. Uh, every so time. Here, so, okay, you're on to a really good point. I've only got a couple of people commenting as to what they'll pay. And we got a lot of people watching right now, but only a few people are actually typing in that they're even willing to pay a referral fee. So does that mean the rest of you aren't even willing to pay a referral fee? Because if I was going to send you a referral today, I need to know two things. One, what market are you in? And two, what are you willing to pay as a referral fee? Those are two important factors. Uh, I see Andrew Chipotle is willing to do 40% in Miami. Dave Woodson's willing to do 35% in Northwest Indiana. Dana Faircloth's willing to do 35% in Fayetteville, North Carolina. 
about the rest of you guys? Type it into your screen right now. I want to know. Now, uh, Maureen, to your point, when you have that one, and I think this is really to Brian's original point, when you have that company that's unloading on you and, and burying you essentially, there's a reason for it, right? And it's not, and partly it's because you're getting the job done. You're getting transactions closed. But I have a feeling, Marine, and I'd like to know for sure on this, true or false, you are doing a fantastic job of communicating with Estately that's, that's been unloading a lot of properties on you. You're in constant contact with them. You're feeding them information. You're letting them know all along the way when changes happen, things like that. Uh, and, and you're letting them know, hey, we got a signed contract. Here's when it's going to close and updating them throughout the transaction. True or false? True. Um, absolutely. So everything that I do successfully is because I screwed up royally before. Um, so yeah, stately, they'd have to call me saying what's going on with this client. And that was really bad. It's terrible. So right now, um, depends on your bandwidth. Right now, I have my ISA actually updating all of our referral sources at least twice per week, if not more. Um, and that's pretty, and that's what makes me stick out. Uh, if you're a single yep. agent, you have to time block that and have that happen or else they're not going to, they don't want to talk to you. Oh, but Marine, aren't these just online driven, computer generated AI handled stuff? Or, or is there really a person behind it? Because you're saying you've got to stick out. I can't stick out to AI, but is there really a person behind the computer that you're, that you're trying to stick out to? Oh yeah, sure. I still remember my first ever rep for Stately, uh, Caleb. Um, he was fantastic. Doesn't work there anymore. Um, but yeah, I've talked to him about how I pay him. It was a great conversation. And now he remembers me every time. He sent me a lot of stuff I know he probably shouldn't be sending me. Yeah, but you just nailed it because there is a real person behind that computer. There is somebody that needs to have a, a, a relationship nurtured. Uh, and uh, and so do, seriously, at the end of the day, you guys got to treat these people like clients because they are. And it's not just a computer. It's not just some company. There is a person at that company that is working with you that expects and deserves and frankly demands a relationship with you. And let me tell you, when you give it to them and when you do go that extra mile to stand out, you'll get more business out of them. I don't care which one it is, a stately, you know, home line, all of them. They're all like that, mellow, all of them. Uh, and so, you know, Sheree and I've been down to the, the mellow home office, right? And, we, and we've, we've talked with those guys down there and we've spent time with them and gotten to know them. And you know what? They're good people. And they just want somebody that's going to get the freaking job done and keep them up to date and let them know what's going on. So good stuff. And by the way, uh, Lauren, when even though you're on a team and specifically Club Wealth Expansion Services in Chicago, uh, we do pay referral fees. And yes, we, we will gladly take referrals and pay that referral fee on them. Uh, and so, uh, yes, you, you do have that ability as well. Uh, so and Dana says, yes, update them often. All right. So Maureen, keep going, man. Talk to us more about this. Sure. Um, last thought on that one is there are ways to game it a little bit, um, for each different company that you're dealing with. Talk to a rep if you can on how to optimize your, um, profile. Um, for one of them, um, they actually got to the point where they interviewed me for one of their, whatever podcasts or something like that. So, um, they might want to know how many sales you've had or anything like that, how many members, what your production is, and it will help boost your profile and get you better leads. So each one is specific. Each one is a little bit different. So you have to read the fine detail on each one. So that's on the referral stuff. Um, you know, it's inter real quick, before you stop, it's interesting you mentioned, you know, that they've they interviewed you on their podcast or whatever for their other agents. I had that same experience in the REO world where like, for example, for First American and for Fannie Mae and a couple others, uh, like First American, I actually spoke at their national convention uh, as their keynote speaker. 
And, you know, Fannie Mae had me speak to a bunch of their agents and, and, and Green River. Now, I've done this for a lot of different companies. And why is this important? Because it solidifies your relationship with the company. You're doing them a solid by helping teach their other agents how to be better. And here's where it's really beneficial to you is because now all these other agents see you as being not only knowledgeable, but well-connected. And when some, when someone's well-connected, everybody wants to connect with them because they know, hey, if I get Marine what he wants, you know, here's this guy that was speaking for Homelight or whatever the company is, you know, and, and so if I help Marine get what he wants, maybe he'll connect me with those guys. Maybe he'll connect me with another company. But I know that if I scratch Marine's back, there's a good chance he's going to want to reciprocate and scratch mine. So that's how this works, you guys. And and be looking at these opportunities to go out and help and teach, even though you might not getting be, be getting paid for it, don't worry about that. Give, 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 and you'd be shocked at what comes back in return. Yep. Um, so I mentioned the dreaded Z word. Yeah, the- sure. Let's talk about it. Okay. So We're talking about Zabumafu, right? The show? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no. Um, okay, so Zillow. Um, like I said, one of the first ones in our market to buy into, if not the first one. So we've had a pretty good roller coaster with them. Um, with the new model that they're having right now with the Premier Agent Connect and all that and some of the adjustments. Um, for a team, I can understand it. As a single agent, I would advise a tiny bit of caution on it um, because the outlay versus the return may not work for you depending on it. Um, so little tips of things if you do end up going into it. So, um, and this could go on for days on talking about this. Um, if you see a zip code that you're being peddled and nobody else wants it, there's probably a reason. There's a really great suburb in Madison, Wisconsin area um, that nobody wants to buy for some reason or they offered it to me all the time. And what we realized is that depending on the community, they probably will connect with you and click on your profile um, just to get information, but they typically have their own realtor in play already. And no amount of scripting you're going to have is going to convert that. We must have spent a lot <laughs> uh, in one year and got almost zero return on it. It was a painful lesson. So if you are going to go for it, target the zips that are cheaper because the, your ROI on that is going to be astronomical, which is how we make it work for us right now. But otherwise, it is not as effective as it once was because of the direct connection. So I want to ask both you guys, uh, you know, because I've always been a believer that I want more bodies that can refer me. So I, I would I would rather do four two hundred fifty thousand dollar transactions than one million dollar transaction. Now I hear a lot of people argue with me about that and tell me I'm foolish for that, and and so I'm open to whatever you guys have to say about it. But that's always been my mantra. What do you guys think? Yeah, Marie. Okay, uh, four two fifty k every single day. I have the one one million right now, and. That's going to be on the market for two years, and I'm not going to get really any buyer leads off of it either. The amount of leads you're going to get off of that 250K, which goes like hotcakes in my market, is immense. Um, plus, a wise man once said, a sign in the yard, dot, dot, dot. So, um, yeah, that is four easy leads right now, lead sources. And, and I completely agree. I'm going to I'm going to frame the question a little bit differently. So would you rather have your average sales price or would you rather have four to five times your average sales price, which is in essence what you're saying, because <clears throat> there are markets that are like million dollars. That's you know below my average sales price. So I just want to kind of bring that out there. But what Michael's suggesting is, do you want to do the high end luxury or do you want to do the middle of the road? Uh, <clears throat> again, I'm with Marine. Give me four two fifties, and then I'll create you know 12, 13 transactions out of that. Um, 
over time even more and more and more. And so, you know, a lot of people, as we're talking about online leads, they're all complaining, well, this lead, this lead, and I don't want to do this. And there's all this crazy stuff going on. Here's the thing, build internally. The more transactions you do, the more people you meet, the more opportunities you have to continue to have real estate conversations. So <clears throat> again, give me give me a hundred thousand dollar transaction. Do I really like those? No. Um, but that being said, you know, as an agent, one of the things you should ask yourself is, am I at capacity? So when I start to become picky or not picky is I'm working with ten hundred thousand dollar buyers. Okay, I'm at capacity. Maybe I can draw that back and work with six two hundred fifty thousand buyers. What whatever the key may be, but just stop trying to do this. When I owned a, a brokerage many years ago and I didn't have time to work all the leads that came in, I would give people at the time. So our average market price at the time was about one hundred fifty, and I would get eighty ninety thousand dollar leads, and I would offer them to people, and I'd offer them to four to five people before someone would take one. And I wasn't asking for a referral fee. I owned the brokerage. So I was going to get my cut by, by doing that. Oh, I'm too busy for that. I'm too busy for that. I'm like, you closed 12 transactions last year. How can you be too busy? So more is better. And I know that sounds like a really stupid thing to say, but really focus on quantity and the quality will come. It, 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 you'll trip over the quality. And I, you know, my favorite story is the $30,000 house that I sold that is equated to over $10 million in sales. And as a matter of fact, I closed a transaction on that, a referral from that last week. And I've got another house listed from that. So that 10 million, it just keeps getting bigger and bigger because that grows and those people have grown to, to know me and love me. I, I almost hate to lose, at some point in time, I'm not gonna be able to sell any more houses. I'm not, not sure what I'm gonna do, so. You know, it's funny. I talked with someone just the other day that, uh, you know, they're in, in uh, California. They sold six transactions here uh, last year and uh, made a couple hundred thousand dollars, you know, two, two hundred fifty thousand dollars, something like that, selling their six houses, uh, you know, which is which is awesome for them, you know. But here's the reality. Reality is when I have my when to, when this year is six transactions and that results in 100 percent of my income, if I have even a little hiccup next year, all of a sudden 30% or 40% or 50% or more of my income just went away. I'm with you guys. I want those referral sources. I would rather have 50 people at $100,000, all of whom I've delivered great service to. Because guess what? In that price point, especially in the, in the entry level price points, people aren't treated as well as they should be uh, by most agents. They're not given the respect that people give the million dollar sellers and buyers. And guess what? When you do, when you treat them just like they were a million dollar buyer or seller, all of a sudden now they become a raving fan. They refer the heck out of you. Their friends refer you. And look, that's a great business. I would rather have a massive tribe referring me over and over and over again because I take great care of everybody than have a handful of really high-end people referring me if I'm lucky. So, all right, Maureen, keep going. Take us down this road further on the whole, on, on the whole boosting our online lead generation sources. Sure. So I'll do, touch on follow-up a little bit here. Um, so... I love, not trolling, I love creeping uh, the forums online. I love hearing about how online doesn't work and I never ever disagree because I don't want people buying it, right? I'm just to be really honest with you. Um, so we've all seen the stats, hopefully we've all seen the stats. If you don't get them on the first call, you can probably get them on calls eight through 13. There was a different agent in my previous brokerage that got hold of a client on call 53, all right? So, um, yeah <laughs> that is impressive that's that's got to be some kind of record i, I don't i usually give up after 27 so 53 is pretty impressive exactly um so the follow-up is important um there's another 
avenue, and this is going to be hard for a lot of people to do. I don't mind giving this up because implementation is almost never happened, but the triple down. So when you do get that first lead, if you make that three calls right away, it gets a lot of that response rate than one call, and then following up on the next day on whatever random time. Um, if you can set up an email and text campaign, we all know about the different vendors that we have that Club Wealth um, have vetted. Um, um, that helps a lot. So that the only thing you have to concentrate is on the calls. But you have to make the calls. If you do one call and you give up, or even two calls, and you're competing against me and my team, we're going to get them. So that's what you got to have in your mindset. Um, and then your scripting has to be pretty much on point. Um, so I don't know what people do to flex or exercise or anything like that. But the role playing, I know it feels silly and it feels kind of dumb sometimes, but you don't even need a role play partner. There are times when I transitioned from my previous career and I was driving home, people would be staring at me as I was driving because I was having a conversation with myself. And that matters a lot. I will say that actually more than anything else helped um, get more smooth as I spoke with people. Could I replay these objections in my head? I wish I could have said this instead. Oh man, I'm such an idiot. And so on and so on. I don't know what you guys end up doing for role play. Well, right now we're doing it every morning on the tier one daily huddle. We've actually added role play as a component right. there. So uh, the first half of that call from seven to seven fifteen Pacific every day uh, is now tip, you know tr traditional huddle type stuff where they're talking about you know how many transactions you closed, doing a little bit of education, all that kind of stuff. You know, holding them accountable, that kind of thing. And then the last half of that call. Uh, they very quickly, uh, coach Jeff Moore, shout out to coach Jeff Moore. I appreciate him, uh, really taking the reins on this and all of the coaches that work on those tier one huddles that do those every day, tirelessly every day. I appreciate you guys. Um, that being said, uh, now what they're doing is they're doing at about the 15 minute mark. They're doing a quick little, Hey, here's a script. Let's memorize the script. Here's an objection handler. And then they break into breakout rooms and they do role play. This is every single day. Uh, and so we invite buyer agents and listing agents and everybody in Club Wealth, uh, you know, that are that are clients, of course, or on teams that are clients to be a part of that. And they get daily role play. I think it's important. I think that makes a big difference for a lot of people, because I think for most people, one of the reasons they have call reluctance is they're afraid they don't know what to say or they're afraid they're going to get an objection that they don't know how to handle. And they're just they're not confident is really what it comes down to. Uh, and we need to be confident. We need to be able to be so confident that we know we can handle any situation that's thrown at us. And if something new comes our way and we just laugh it off, it's no big deal. I don't know. Brian, what are your thoughts? I, I agree. So, you know, there's different ways to do this. You can do it, you know, you can do it offline, online. You can do it as a group. Um, it, it's all about practice and fluency. You know, at the end of the day, that's what it's all about. So, um, you know, the better opportunities to do better with what you got. You know, I said this <laughs> and that's my firm belief. There's two ways to close more transactions, either talk to more people or do better with the people you're already talking to. And maybe someone can tell me a third way, but, and I'd be very willing to hear it, but ultimately I can't think of another way. So either sharpen your sword or just go and grind and grind and grind. And, you know, I pat on, you know, shout out to Michael. That's what he did. I mean, he did both, you know, uh, I feel pretty confident that there's no one listening to this call who on the average for the amount of time that he did made more phone calls. So how did Michael have more success? He just worked harder. And I know, so all of you out there who are like, well, I'm not, I don't have this. I don't have this skill. Just work harder. And I know that sounds really dumb and really simple, but I promise you, if you call 150 people a day, you'll screw up and close something. 
I mean, you just will. I mean, out, out of the phone book, you know, there's there's all kinds of stories about people doing that, you know, giving someone a, a list of cold calls and telling them these are some great leads. And they go, great, these are great leads. And they'll call them and they'll close people. And you find out they were just random cold calls. So um, it's a lot about what you're willing to do and, and what's your mentality. And I, and I love that, um, you know, this is a mental game. I hate to say it, you know, Hall of Famers in baseball hit 300. Hall of Famers in real estate, close 5%. Think about that, 5%. Dude, you're on the right track here, Brian, because, you know, we talk about boosting your online lead generation sources, right? So how do I get more out of those sources? It really is. It's a lot of it's about mental toughness. You know, if you ask anybody that's listened to me talk for more than two minutes, they'll tell you that I'm not the sharpest tool in the shed, right? I'm clearly, you know, it's not that my elevator doesn't go all the way to the top floor because at least it does that. But, but I'm not the brightest star in the sky. At the end of the day, what I figured out early on is I could overcome my lack of creativity and my lack of being the coolest guy out there and the, you know my lack of charisma or whatever. I could overcome a lot of that by just working my tail off and by figuring out little things that worked and just doing them over and over and over and over and over again. And when most people, and I hear this all the time, and I'm going to give a shout out. I've got a lot of people in Club Wealth that I've heard this from. Uh, a lot of bigger producers here recently have talked to me about you know, how they're bored. And what do I do when I get bored with the industry? And I feel like I'm complacent and I'm not sure I'm excited about this business anymore. And the first words out of my mouth are freaking stop it, right? I mean, Stop being bored. I mean, would you rather be excited and broke or bored and rich? Figure it out. But at the end of the day, success is boring. It requires repetition. And if you want to boost your online lead gen, one of the best ways you can do that is be boringly perfect at follow-up. Get really, really, really good at follow-up. Um, and Andrew Tripodi mentions, he says, persistence. Aubrey says, uh, Aubrey Dilchik at our office says, uh, I don't have the talent. I just get up earlier. Yes, Right. Like it doesn't matter. Like I love it when people say, "Oh, well, I'm not gonna, I'm not a 4 a.m. guy. I'm not a morning person." Well, good. Be broke. I don't care. It's not my job to make sure you're rich. You got to choose, right? Yeah. Aubrey was uh, messaging with me. I think California time or West Coast time at like 4:30 a.m. for her. It's only that, just for info. So Dude, that's what I'm talking about. And and see, that's what I'm saying. I mean, some people just have that, right? Some people have. And let me rephrase. Some people have chosen that, right? I'm not a morning person either. I don't like, like, I don't love it when my alarm clock goes off. I freaking hate it. I want to chuck it across the room, but you know what? I know that I got to do what I got to do. And sometimes I got to drag my sorry butt out of bed and it's hard. And it's just, it's, it's crawling to the bathroom to take a shower. Right. It's like, sometimes it sucks. In fact, probably more often than not for me, it freaking sucks when I get up in the morning, but you know what? I do it. And I, and I do it because I know that my family and my clients and my team depend on me for it. And it's a lot easier for me to do it for them sometimes than it is to do it for myself. And so yeah. I do it. Can I add on to that a little bit, Coach? Yeah. Um, so personal story, I guess, and kind of just, there's no secret sauce to any of this. Um, online leads. So I'm going to just, we all know the market's leveling out. I don't think it's going to be a... If that's a surprise to you, to somebody watching this call, get out from under the rock and get and start watching some stuff. What I'm going to tell you is, so we start, we've gone through one and a half real estate cycles, just me and my wife. So um, the first thing that disappears when it does level out is your sphere. Um, at least it limits quite a bit, right? So you'd have to have those different sources. So people who are poo-pooing it or saying, I can't do this, these don't work. Um, all three of us, on here have proven that it worked 
Okay. Um, Brian and I are still in production. Brian, not as much. I'm still in production. Sorry, I'm the lone. No, I'm still, I still do production. I'm not. I'm not embarrassed about that. All the people who claim I never want to sell a house, I don't either. But I like the income. <laughs> so. And not only that, how many people have made the mistake of getting out of production too soon? Oh my gosh, what a huge mistake. Yep, yep. Um, so there's no secret sauce to it. Everything you guys are saying is correct. You do have to work at it. Um, so for people who are single agent status and are trying to get to the point where maybe can pull back a little bit. Um, when I was still single agent with one admin, um, I remember sitting in that office eight hours straight, calling and calling and calling, getting rejected, doing expires, calling, calling, getting fax numbers. Yeah, they had fax numbers still in my area and getting absolutely just my ears are ringing by the end of it. But by myself, I was able to get about 33 um, listings in one summer. Okay. So for me as a single agent, that was a big deal for me, especially in my market. You can build off that. It all snowballs. The reason I like online leads is because they're a great listing leads resource as well. People who have to buy, I'd say about 50% of them own a home, even if they don't think they want to sell. So it's still worth it. Every time you hear somebody who says, oh, it doesn't work, for goodness sakes, talk to somebody who does make it work and pick their brain at it. Everybody does a little bit different. I can, uh, Brian, I know he does a tiny bit different than me, but everybody makes it work. So um, the work is, if you put the work in there, that's just the takeaway. Put the work in there and it'll happen. Yeah, you're absolutely right about that. Oh, go ahead, Brian. So just, you know, on online lead generation is kind of what we're talking about. Here's something that I, you know, for anyone who's been in the business for more than three years, and I'm, I'm going to make a couple of assumptions with this statement, you should have old leads, for lack of a better way to put it. Those people who you called 53 times, which is very impressive. But those people you called five times, let's be realistic, that you haven't contacted in, you know, six, 12, 18 months. So it's amazing when you watch new people come on our team. So um, on our morning huddle yesterday, one of our relatively new agents to our team said, yeah, you know, I, I got a, I was making calls yesterday and <clears throat> we have a minimum number of calls that we have to make per week, not necessarily per, per day. But she had a bunch of work to do the, at the end of the week. And she said, you know, so I made 130 phone calls yesterday and I met, set an appointment with somebody who was three years old, three years old. So what we have this weird thing with online leads is the new ones are great and the old ones suck. The truth of the matter is it's honestly the opposite. Yep. You know, understand that, and this is something that we haven't talked about today, but just a little um, thing that, that I talk about all the time is intent. So when I woke up this morning and decided to go look online and I ended up on Marine's website, there's a real good chance I haven't spoken to my spouse. There's a real good chance I haven't spoken to a letter. There's a real good chance I haven't even talk to myself. It just somehow I was on Facebook and I was like, Oh, houses. And that doesn't mean that person's a bad lead. It just means they're not a great lead today. And I think that's a thing that people really need to look at. If you're going to do online leads, it's not about today. It's about the future and nurture and nurture and nurture because there's a real good possibility that, you know, realtor.com has gone away in some markets. So those are the, the more right now leads. So what are we doing? We're going to fish upstream. We're going to get those leads before they become a realtor.com slash op city lead. We're going to, you know, become their friend. We're going to nurture them. And three years later, they're going to buy a house. So if you're in this short term, um, it's not going to work. I'm not saying some of the short term stuff doesn't come up because it does. I mean, there will be a Y Lopo lead that will call sometime this month. They'll say, yeah, I want to go look at houses this week. But the majority of them are six, eight, 12 months out. So understand that and then embrace it instead of talk about how it sucks. 
So let me ask you guys this. What are the ways that I can get right now today more online leads? If I just want to get a higher volume of online leads, what can I do right now for not a lot of money? Sure. There's um, a couple of different things, obviously Facebook, but there's Facebook constantly changing their algorithms and we're still trying to adapt to it. Um, that was a pretty good source for us, but obviously those are a little bit longer term nurture. If you want immediate, um, realtor.com is, again, you have to be more strategic on purchasing those leads. And obviously some of them are disappearing. They have not hit us. It might be a year before they hit us in terms of disappearing. So we're going to take advantage as far as we can. Um, so um, Z buyers, one thing we have not discussed yet. I know that in some markets that it is maybe not as, at least according to them, not as effective. For us it is, and maybe it's just the way we're dealing with it. Um, Michael, you have a great script that you give to a lot of people uh, for leads like Candy and uh, Z Buyer, but they give a good volume. If you're looking for volume of immediacy, I go on plenty of listing appointments just off of Z Buyer alone. So that's my, if you, that's my answer to yours. So, and, and here's the thing with Z Buyer too. So, you know, if you've got a new agent on your team, we're talking about role play. It's great to role play with someone who doesn't have the script. So Z buyer leads, I think I pay $279 a month. I probably get 50, 70, somewhere like that. The reality is, you know, for agent one calls them and they blow them off. Great. Agent two call them, agent three call them. We don't care. Um, <clears throat> again, most of these people aren't ready anyway. So go through those and do that. But as far as getting more online leads, there's a million ways to do it. You can hire someone to do pay-per-click. So if you have any of the major platforms, commissions, Inc., Boomtown, Wailopo, any of those things, you could hire someone to do pay-per-click or you can have them do pay-per-click for you. And you know, the leads will come in depending on the market, anywhere between three and 10 bucks a piece. You can run Facebook ads and Facebook no longer allows us to do, and actually I think it's in September it starts where you can't do, you know, likely to move and all these things, who cares? At the end of the day, run a Facebook ad, get a hundred leads at three bucks a piece. There's probably somebody in there. The key is if you're going to grind through more of these, have some AI in place and have some people in place because I'm as an agent, you give me a hundred leads and you know, 99 of them are nowhere close to buying a house that that could be challenging for me from a mindset standpoint of, Holy crap. I called all hundred people and, you know, spoke to three of them and, but you get a little bit of AI in there and people raise their hand a little bit and it makes it a little bit easier to do that. And, you know, a lot of the AI today is, is relatively inexpensive. You know, if you're looking at generating a couple hundred leads a month, then, you know, you're adding a, I don't even know exactly what all the pricing is out there, but it's not that expensive to run those people through an AI and get, get a couple of hand raisers and then put the ones that don't hand raise on, on long-term trips. Yeah, and Maureen, you were talking about uh, about uh, Z Buyer a minute ago, and for and, and actually, let me back up. First of all, the Brian's point: AI, the price of AI is coming down more and more and more, and it's going to get really inexpensive very soon. Uh, I think within the next twelve months, you're going to see some stuff come out in the world of AI that's going to blow people away, and it's going to make it so affordable that you just about have to be crazy not to be utilizing it in your business in real estate today. Uh, that being said, Maureen, you were also talking and both of you guys were talking about Z Buyer. Uh, I posted the link uh, for leadslikecandy.com. Leadslikecandy.com. That is our discount link for you guys uh, into Z Buyer. So you guys can get uh, Z Buyer at a lower cost if you go to leadslikecandy.com. 
All right, that being said, we've only got a couple of minutes left and I wanted to remind everybody uh, a lot of the stuff that we're talking about and more a lot, you know, if you really want to boost your online lead gen, I want you guys to go check out it. Go to clubwealth.com. Actually, I'm sorry. Go to www.clubwealthbook.com and you can get the the book that Brian and uh, let's see, I'm trying, I hope I don't forget anybody. Brian, help me out if I do. Brian, Ron Anderson, myself, uh, Misty Bruton, Cherie Benjamin, uh, Luigi Caprio. Who am I forgetting? I think that's it. I think you did good. I think I may have got them all. So we all we all essentially wrote this book. It's 434 pages. It's available on Amazon, and it's called the World Class. It's, it's called the Club Wealth World Class Buyer Agent Book. Uh, if you don't already have a copy of it, seriously, get a copy. It's good stuff. You'll like it. I promise. If you don't like it, let me know. Send it back to me. I'll send you a full refund myself. Uh, and uh, in fact, you can keep the freaking book. Uh, but the reality is you're going to love it. So grab the book, take a look at it and uh, and get dialing in these online lead sources. So guys, final thoughts here in our last couple of minutes. Uh, let's start with uh, Maureen you, and then we'll go to Brian. Yeah, the knife. Forgot I want to mention this. If you guys, whatever CRM you do have, make sure you use it correctly because if you talk about boosting your online leads, if you label everything correctly and you have this option of sending out mass emails to your contacts, whether they're three years old, two years old, or fresh about coming soon listings, um, that is going to be the one nugget that I'm going to impart to everybody that's listening that has created or act reactivated dormant leads um, more than any other option that we have. Yeah, that's huge. Having the right CRM in place is very important, guys. We've been talking about this a lot lately. Um, if you're not sure which CRM you want to go with, go to clubwealth.com forward slash CRM. Uh, and on the way, as you can tell, we got a lot of great resources for you on the website. Uh, but go to clubwealth.com forward slash CRM. And there's uh, some, some discussion about different CRMs and some of the features of each and a comparison of the features there. Uh, so that being said, uh, Maureen, tell us, aside from the CRM and from, you know, you give us a little bit of scripting uh, when that lead first comes in or when you've got those old leads that you want to revive, what is your last and or most important, if there's one takeaway you want people to get from today, what would it be? Um, yeah, so it is real estate is very, very simple, but it is not easy. Um, anything that you do right now will pay dividends. Don't ask, don't look for that. <laughs> immediate gratification. I know we're real estate agents and we want that. Um, this has taken me two years to get to the point where I am at right now, um, but it can happen extremely quickly in less than that, frankly. Let me ask you a different question before Brian shares his final thoughts. Why is someone of your stature, I mean, here's a guy that, you know, you, when you started in Club Wealth, you were at what, tier two, I think, and now you're at tier four, is that right? Tier five. Tier five. That's right, you're at tier five now. So you've gone up three tiers since joining Club Wealth. Why, why does someone who's in tier five, and you guys are both in tier five, so why, why does someone who's in tier five continue to have a coach and continue to be in coaching and all this stuff? Why is that so important to you? Um, because I don't know what I don't know. And to be fair, I want to reach where Brian Curtis and Mike Alex and the Long Dawn and all those guys are. I'm still pretty much a mess in many different ways. And I want to get there faster. I want to get there a lot faster. Um, I don't want to learn and do what I did for the first three years of my career, which is I learned by screwing up royally and costing myself years and dollars and stress and time. And instead learn from people who have been there and are still there right now. Easy answer. 
Yeah, that's huge. I love that. I, I love hearing that. And thank you for that. And dude, we love you. And thank you. I can say thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Not only for sharing with us today, but for being a club wealth coach. It's, you know, I tell people it's a calling. It's not a job. It's a calling. And, and the reason I say that is because it really is right. I mean, you know, people are coaches for a lot of different reasons, but I think by and large, the common denominator is we don't do it for the money. We do it because we care about people and we actually really want to help people out. And and, uh, and at the end of the day, we get as much out of being a coach as, as we do by being coached and, and both are important. So thank you for giving back in that way. Brian, you, uh, back to you for final thoughts. I'm going to have two final thoughts. I'm going to piggyback on the coaching thing. Success leaves clues. Basically what that means is don't be like I was and trying to figure everything out on yourself by yourself, go out, find someone, you know, again, club boss, obviously a pretty good resource for that and copy what they do. And, you know, have them hold your hand because the, the biggest problem in our industry is not lack of information. So, you know, in case anyone's wondering, there's a whole bunch of information on this really weird place called Google. So information is not what we're lacking in 2019. It's the application and how to apply that. And so I think that that is really important. And, and I've actually got something you said this earlier, and I wanted to you know say this, how much I think this is important. I've got a sign in my or a post, I don't know, it's a thing in my office that says that um, the secret sauce is there is no secret sauce. And I 100% believe that. Here's the thing, guys, I'm all about shortcuts and doing it easier. If you know a way to go make millions of dollars without any effort, please let me know. I, I've looked, I promise, and I can't find it out there. So it seems to be the, the formula or the secret sauce is work really hard and follow people who are doing it right. So, um, you know, follow people like Marie and Michael. They, they understand what they're doing, and uh, that's the quickest way to get there, in my experience. I love it. That's fantastic. I cannot thank you guys enough. Seriously, thank you for being here. Everybody that's watching, thank you guys for watching. Do me a favor. Uh, type in the in the in the comments here. What's the biggest takeaway you each got out of today's call? What is the one takeaway that you want to remember and you want to implement in your business? Just type it in uh, for two reasons. One, because when you type it in, you'll deepen that. It'll, it'll, it'll help you retain that at a deeper level. And two, because it will also help show other people kind of the big takeaways that you got out of today's call. So it would mean a lot to me. I'd appreciate it if you do that. Uh, and if there's somebody that you think could benefit from watching this video, please tag them in it and hit the share button and share it out to your friends. Uh, I appreciate you guys being here again. My name is Michael Hellickson with Club Wealth Coaching and Consulting. And remember, guys, inside each one of us, there's a world-class beast literally just dying to get out. We got to choose to unleash that beast. So go do something world-class today. Take care, everybody.